this political coliseum, we slay the rising beast with the fateful sword of truth that transcends hypocrisy and censorship. It's time to unleash yourself from the tyrants of media propaganda on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. This is Unleashed, the political news hour. This is Unleash the Political News Hour on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. I'm Chris Cordani hosting this episode. This is where you can find the truth and we'll unleash it for you. In just a little while, I'm going to be talking with another man who unleashes truth, Daniel Greenfield of Front Page Magazine. We're going to talk about an under-the-radar approach by the Democrats to sabotage Donald Trump's presidential campaign and presidential administration should he win yes they're getting more prepared than you think and when you're with me we're always going to be looking way beneath the headlines and under what you see with the regular cover story before we dig a little bit deeper with daniel fanny willis is in more trouble again think about this she is under serious scrutiny for by the way not only a weak case this whole uh, scandal with the with the guy, the unqualified boyfriend, who she's given a lot of money to and plum jobs to, now her administration, her office, has been seen to have had a, well, let's just say a Biden administration plant. I'm not going to say mole. Moles are tattletales on her. The plant, the person whose job it was to make sure that the DA's office there, Fannie Willis et al., go after Donald Trump after the 2020 election. Uh, I'll say questioning. And the reason why I say questioning is because in America, you have the right to question things. You have the right to question authority, and you have the right to to question the outcome of an election. You have a right to discuss election integrity. Apparently, if a Republican wins, you're not allowed to do so if a Democrat wins an election. This is what we've learned for a long time. We knew this back in 2000. You remember that one? How many times have we heard Bush stole the election? Bush did this, Bush did that. We all know that Al Gore and his ilk were the first ones to have lawyers beeline for Florida after the, uh, after the count was very, very close. Uh, we can get into that at another time because we're talking about today. There is a good shot that Benny Willis is going to be disqualified, or at least of, oh, I'd like to see this happen. The question is, though, what is really going to happen? Will there be any consequences? Look, if Benny Willis is still in charge of the prosecution against Donald Trump, it'll be tainted so badly that they will not win. At least if they replace her, there's a chance. And that's at least what they're thinking. We all know the case is flimsy. We all know it's uh, just a, a means to suck money out of Donald Trump's coffers, and we all know it's supposed to be a distraction. The problem is, it hasn't been working. It's been free advertising for Donald Trump. It has been uh, a f- one failure after another. Yes, I know the verdicts went, his, went the opposite of his way. The fact is, anybody who has walked past a law school know that these are all trumped up, pun intended. The Biden administration knows it has a next man in. It's going to have somebody ready to replace Fannie Willis. The attention is going to be on her, less on Trump, and then things will go through their way, at least in the first round. We all know all this is going to be overturned when real judges look at this. 
when higher courts look at these uh, so-called verdicts. What's happening is the Biden administration is the wily coyote to Donald Trump's roadrunner. They're trying, they're grabbing, but they're not going to keep them. Everything out of VACME. Attorney General Letitia James in New York, continuing her victory laps, and that's going to come back to bite her in the proverbial arse. In real life, yes, not in political life. Because uh, her side, the people who would vote for her anyway, think that she's brilliant and think that, hey, wow, you got Trump. Isn't that great? That's what she's counting on. Of course, she's never going to be governor of New York. She learned that before, and I think she's going to learn that lesson once again if she tries. But she continues to, and she should shut up and sit down, by the way. She should be happy with what she did. She can move on and say, well, look what we did. And I don't care if the higher court turns it. I at least got Trump for a little bit. If she kept it there, nobody would care. Because we all know it was trumped up, again, pun intended, to begin with. We all know it was set. We all know Judge Engeron was predetermined this case already. She still brags on social media about this, about the case. She's th- she threw the amount of money that he owes around on social media. It's going to be embarrassing for her when this gets all thrown out. And the same goes for E. Jean Carroll, by the way. Oh my gosh. Is there anyone more annoying than her right now besides Letitia James? Did you hear Joe Biden decided that Israel was very close to a ceasefire agreement by Monday, March 4th? So he tells reporters in New York while slurping an ice cream cone. Don't listen to me. Let's hear it from him. Can you give us a sense of when you think that ceasefire will start, sir? Well, I hope by the, the beginning of the weekend. I mean, the end of the weekend. At least my, my, my national security advisor tells me that we're close. We're close. It's not done yet. And my hope is by next Monday, we'll have a ceasefire. Yes, that's Joe Biden. President Joe Biden sucking on an ice cream cone, talking to reporters off the cuff, which really shouldn't happen uh, as far as he's concerned, after yucking it up with Seth Meyers for a recording of, uh, I'm sure, a heavily edited recording of uh, his late night show. Isn't he the guy that lost his late night show to some internet star that, that broadcast to kids? What happened to her? Uh, I'll just digress from that. It turns out the Daily Mail reports Benjamin Netanyahu says nothing of this sort is on the horizon. I think we know that. At least they're not close to it. The man in lieu of a president apparently surprised both Netanyahu and the Qatari handlers of this uh, so-called negotiation with this revelation. This regime is a complete joke all around. It's like Biden doesn't even care what he says in public, and he doesn't care it could easily change things and cause problems in parts of the world. Before some people on the left who might be listening, if they haven't cried already, they're saying, well, Donald Trump, uh, he, he says things uh, uh, too much and, and gets people in trouble and gets himself in trouble. Oh, yes. Donald Trump generally, though, operates off the cuff. We know Biden is always rehearsed and constantly fails when going off script. There's seriously no way Israel's going to just stop and say, well, okay, guys, you said uncle. So now we're going to trust you to stop attacking us and stuff, and we'll trust you to release the hostages, just like last time. Oh, and by the way, for good measure, here's some extra land in the West Bank. There is no way Benjamin Netanyahu should or will accept this kind of uh, idea, would ever do that. That's absolutely, that's suicide for Israel. Think about that. 
They're enemies all around. You're going to show weakness about you're going to show weakness to them? Absolutely not. And Joe Biden and the Western uh, community, if you will, they actually think that they can force Netanyahu to do this, or maybe they're going to try to wait him out and see if uh, if Israel is going to elect somebody else. I don't think that's going to happen. There has been a decent right turn around the globe, and the reason is because of the leadership of people like Biden. Uh, the, uh, uh, all over the EU, and of course Justin Trudeau here. And the funny thing is, watch this. Isn't it fun to watch the left try to gaslight people into thinking Donald Trump is facing Biden-esque cognitive decline? You just heard him, and you see this guy every day, Bob Joe Biden. I'm saying, even to go as far as, and these lefties go as far as taking portions of what Trump says and take and record it post or or use clips out of context i saw this happen on pmsnbc with chris o'donnell recently he used a, a sentence fragment of the former president telling an audience about the inconvenience of low flow shower heads editing the whole quote to make it sound like trump would be standing under a shower head with no flow to it for several minutes o'donnell again he thinks we're fools well i'm sure he knows his listeners or viewers are fools because basically they are but we're not the idea that the left is, and, and you've been seeing it too, there, there are a lot of lefty commentators trying to use Trump is in cognitive decline to project their guy's problems. It's all projection. Biden is officially, even by his own DOJ special prosecutor, in cognitive decline. Trump is not. Trump always speaks in hyperbole and speaks off the cuff. Just said that before. Doesn't always help him, but it's a lie. It's a lie to compare his mental stability to that of a deteriorating Biden. Biden's decline is easy to see while scripted, too. His own mannerisms. Uh, he's looking for people who aren't there. He tells audiences he recently met with dead people. His confusion of, of countries. Constant confusion, mind you. The, the whispering, then shouting, the whispering, then shouting. The worst thing is nobody needs to edit Biden to prove he's losing it. Perhaps, however, Biden's not the real problem. He's ambitious, and he's made a career of saying and doing anything to gain power. But we know that that's who he is. It's the people who blindly follow him, whether it be due to Trump hatred, republophobia, that's fear of Republicans and those on the right. Hey, if they can make words up, so can I. Or perhaps it's simply Pavlovian. There we go. Nancy Pelosi said it herself. There are areas in this country where people will vote for a glass of water if it had a D next to its name. Take Bob Costas, for instance. This mild-mannered, read-boring sportscaster went on an anti-Trump rant on CNN just recently. From the, from the Gateway Pundit, because they, they were a little oracle on that, on Sunday during an interview at CNN, Costas referred to people who support former President Donald Trump's bid for the White House, people who need immediate relief from inflation and illegal immigrant crime. I like the way they put that. But he, Costas described them as toxic and delusional and as part of a cult. Cult. That's the four-letter word the left is using. The word that gets tossed around freely, but again, projection. Think about this. While Trump voters, many of whom don't really like his personality and all of his stances, remember the vaccines? Their mentality is to hire someone to do a job. People who are voting for Trump or support him are supporting someone they're hiring to do a job, a tough job. On the other side, the lefties look for someone to worship, a celebrity, 
someone to look upon as if he were a messiah. Not unlike, well, Ted Kennedy, Barack Obama, Bill Hillary Clinton. <laughs> they tried that with Beto O'Rourke, and it was a laugh. But you don't see Trump supporters wearing matching uniforms, chanting ham-fisted slogans in unison regularly. You don't see them kneeling for anyone. You don't see them turning blind eyes to clear incompetence simply because it's all for a collective cause. True. There may be a very small portion of those who are slightly delusional about Trump. I get that. That's going to happen. You have those people on either side, no matter where you go. Zealots, if you will. But any observation will show those who support hiring Donald Trump for president are free thinkers. Most of them. The ones who are censored on the internet. That's right. We're the ones who question the narrative. The ones who are shouted down as some kind of istrophobic or challenging. This is while we challenge the real injustice. Heck, Trump was booed at his own rallies by supporters at times. It's certainly not a cult. That's not cult-like behavior. But the real cultists were told to project this from their leaders who take, take, and take. They take it all from them and don't even know it. Straight ahead, I'm going to be talking with Daniel Greenfield from Front Page Magazine. We're going to talk about a very, very interesting way the Biden administration is trying to undermine not only Trump's run for president, but should he win his upcoming presidency. And yes, we're going to be looking at the Middle East with Greenfield as well. All that. Get all the articles, podcasts, and pertinent news, especially the uncensored truth from a team of truth seekers who always put God and country first. That's AmericaOutloud.news. I'm Chris Cordani. You're listening to Unleashed, a political news hour. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Who's got time for a nasal invasion messing up your lifestyle? Crush those nasties before they become a problem. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order with the coupon code OUTLOUD, you'll receive 20% off the entire purchase. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop. That's AmericaOutloud.shop and use coupon code OUTLOUD. Use Cofix RX because it works.
You're listening to Unleash the Political News Hour on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. I'm Chris Cordani. Anyone who continues to deny the current administration led by the man in lieu of a president has been weaponizing the government against political rivals, especially ones who could hurt his slim chance of re-election, has either not been paying attention or will take in whatever they're being fed by the statists. The fact is there has been and continues to be a collective effort to sabotage Donald Trump's efforts to run again. It's not just what we see out in the open. At this point, the lawfare, who it seemed the seem to be that Donald Trump is roadrunner, while the Biden administration has been the wild E. Coyote, as each attempt seems to have backfired. Still, they keep trying, and there's something they're doing that we don't see in the headlines that's going to be missed, but it could be very destructive. That was noticed by my guest. He's frontpage.com's Daniel Greenfield, and he's on with me to talk about it. Daniel, welcome to Unleashed. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, thank you for coming on. Let's get right into it. Let's dive in with two feet forward or two hands, however you like to jump in the water. Um, One of your latest articles on front page, and you have a bunch of really good ones, so it's hard to pick these. Uh, This one is interesting because uh, as, as people see... The, the overt actions against Donald Trump, secretly, we have federal agencies already prepping to sabotage a Trump presidency. Uh, how has this happened? Well, it's happening the same way it happened the last time around. Uh, we had the stay-behinds in the Obama administration who declared themselves the resistance, in some cases, Dumbledore's army. I think these days, J.K. Rowling is not so popular, so they may not be using that one anymore. <laughs> and they made every effort to try to undermine him. Uh, they blocked regulations. They leaked material to the media. Uh, they leaked even presidential phone calls to the media. And they did everything possible to slow down um, any rules, regulations, and obstruct things however they could. So the same, some of the same people are preparing to be back in action, but they're already operating now. They're, they've got the fallback plan. They're assuming that the possibility is he'll be in the White House, at which point... Um, that would be a problem for them. So one of the things they're doing, which I mentioned in my post, is they're, first of all, preparing to um, initiate a rule which will make it harder, even harder to fire federal employees. And by the way, it is really, really hard to fire federal employees already. But the kinds of federal employees they're looking to protect are political appointees. These are the people whom uh, the Trump administration try to reclassify as political appointees because you can fire political appointees. It is almost impossible to fire uh, federal civil service employees. So they're trying to take a lot of their left behind people this time from the Biden administration and make them appear that they are um, career uh, civil service personnel. And of course, at that point, they cannot be fired. And they're doing other things. They're trying to speed the rulemaking process to get as many of the rules as they can um, put into place so that it will be much harder to remove by um, a, a possible Trump administration. People who are listening, Daniel, are thinking, hey, wow, this really can't happen, but it should I think we should turn the clock back to 2009 when one Barack Obama did the same thing. He got rid of a lot of these employees, uh, political appointees, and maybe the federal and a lot of federal employees, the unprotected ones, if you will, and brought in Obama loyalists. What Trump did not do after being elected was that. And that many people point to as one of his biggest mistakes. This is how you get your Vindman's and your Eric. Uh, you know, the name we are not allowed to mention on any kind of air or Internet uh, <laughs> outlet. Yeah, it's a catastrophe because all too often Republicans do not purge Democrats. 
Democrats purge Republicans. It goes back all the way to the spoil system. And Republicans are just, you know, persuaded the argument these are career people. In many cases, they are not career people. Um, they're absolutely political appointees. And the thing is, the Democrats, uh, as you pointed out, have absolutely no scruples about doing this. It's fine when Obama was doing this. But it is, of course, absolutely wrong for Trump to try to reclassify some of these people, um, which happened really late in his administration. By the time that time, they had done a whole lot of damage already. It's absolutely wrong to do that. And the problem is not that this, uh, the media pursues this double standard, the Democrats pursue this. It's hypocritical, but we expect that from them. But too many Republicans are too nice for their own good. You know, whether it was the Bush administration, the Trump administration, there was this, you know, we're going to try to work with these guys. You don't work with them. The Democrats don't try to work with them. Um, and this is, you know, what happens when you try to play that game. It's funny because we like to think that people are going to be decent, just like us. So when we get into office, we try to treat the other side that way. On the other hand, many of these people are absolute snakes. Okay, I'm not saying that the Republican side is all 100% perfect because we're in politics. There is a lot of slime there. But think about it this way. They're working hard right now to make sure that anybody who comes in, whether it be Trump or by some long shot, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., they're going to be stuck with moles throughout the uh, executive branch. This is what they're trying yeah. to do. Am, am, I, am I correct in assuming this? Yeah, absolutely. Now, people talk a lot about the deep state. Uh, the deep state is comparatively a joke compared to the administrative state. It's really a component of the administrative state, which is these uh, career lifers who have gotten in there. Some of them are political appointees. Some of them go back and forth between think tanks. And others are just lifetime uh, government employees. And they are very much affiliated with the Democrats. They're affiliated with the left. They pursue that agenda in a very unified fashion. And our side really does not do that. There is no really coherent pursuit of an agenda that just pervades everything. And, you know, that's one reason why the other side keeps the Republicans may win elections, but the other side actually keeps winning the war. The funny thing about Trump is I'm not sure if he has a lot of overly big time loyalists in his own party, or at least the Republican Party as it stands now. That can make it even tougher when it comes to hiring. Yeah, well, the big problem is that the other side has loyalists, but they also have people who are ideologically loyal, not just career loyalists, not just loyal to the guy who picks you or, you know, the guy uh, who got picked by the guy, which is, you know, very common in D.C., they have ideological loyalty. There's not that much ideological loyalty on our side. So you want, I mean, yes, you want people who are personally loyal to you. That's nice. But you really want people who are set for the same larger agenda, the agenda of transforming the country into what it should be, because the left has people who are absolutely loyal to the agenda of transforming the country into what they want it to be. It looks like this is going to be a difficult task anyway. Yet the uh, the left, the people in the Biden administration are trying to shove this through as quickly as they can. Couldn't that be reversed just as quickly, though, if Trump gets in? That would be very optimistic. The problem is that, um, you know, anything that Democrats decide to do, they have a number of ways to protect. If you recall, for example, um, things like the uh, so-called dreamers that Obama put into place that somehow became impossible to reverse, even though it was just an executive order, one that was arguably illegal and unconstitutional. It's funny. The, the Obama was allowed to do all of that. The fun, and the funny thing with him is he made sure Obama was funny in a lot of ways. He made sure he was the guy who screwed up the country in a lot mm -hmm. of ways, but made sure he wasn't the guy who did it in the headlines. A DACA decision, a new DACA decision had to be taken care of with the next administration. Uh, when he left, he increased, or before he left, he made sure that the number of uh, of uh, migrants allowed into the country was increased many fold, which was rather interesting as well. 
But people don't talk about what goes on under the beneath the headlines and how a previous administration tries to sabotage the next administration, knowing that more times than not, the baton's handed to the other party. The Republicans, yeah. I, I don't I don't want the Republicans to keep doing this. But we have to keep the Democrats from doing this. Uh, you know, it used to be kind of petty sabotage, like back in the day, the Clinton to Bush transition, where they took the W's off the keyboards. We've right. gone well beyond the petty. It's very ideologically motivated. They ha- They go into this with a plan. They go out into things with a plan. Whereas Republicans tend not to even go in with a plan. They certainly don't go out with a plan. So it's something that we absolutely need to actually you know, plan for. And this is Republicans are bad. Republicans are bad at planning. And a lot of people think elections are popularity contests. You know, we make the arguments. We make good arguments. We win over the public. We elect the right people. And then still nothing happens in part because, you know, the other side is actually playing chess. We keep playing checkers. And that's funny because the big the big uh, the big joke was Donald Trump was playing 4D chess against checker players when he was president. The Republicans really need to take a page out of his book in a lot of ways. And again, like we said, Trump needs to look at his mistakes if and when he gets into the office again and make sure he doesn't do those things. He needs to bring in loyalists. He needs to bring in people who won't sell him out or write him out really quickly when they overhear something second or third hand and try to make something out of it because that stunts getting things done. Another thing that um, that your article points out, Dan, and Daniel Greenfield is with me. He writes for frontpage.com and has many credits to his name. Uh, check him out, danielgreenfield.com. Um, the, they're also working way beneath the headlines and beneath what we just talked about by trying to set all these amazing uh, net zero and, and climate scam rules via the unelected EPA before Trump gets in, which is another way to sabotage uh, 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 cleaning up the country and cleaning up the economy when uh, when the new guys take over. Yeah, this is a major issue. Biden has slowed down on some of this just because it's enough of economic disaster that he's getting worried. But the bottom line is they have an agenda. Part of that agenda is... Uh, things like abolishing cars, effectively. It's uh, going after gas. Uh, they want to impose all these rules. They are going after things you don't, you know, not personally in your house. You know, you, the cars and the gas might be in your house, uh, but they're going after power plants, especially uh, with rules that would effectively eliminate coal, but also uh, make energy in general more expensive. They know that green energy is not competitive. It's not even green, but that's another subject. It's not economically competitive. What they can, however, do is just make the cost of everything else so high, so inaccessible that you pretty much uh, it will start actually looking like a good idea. And they're going to do a bunch of these things and claim that it's, as you put it, it's being done by the EPA, it's being done by these um, experts, you know, scientists and experts, trust the science. In fact, the head of the EPA, Michael Regan, is not remotely an expert. He's an ideologue, you know, like much of this administration, and they absolutely want to put this into place. And again, as I mentioned earlier, the rule of thumb is that uh, something that a Republican uh, administration does, well, that's easy enough to throw out next time around. But something that a Democratic administration does, well, suddenly it, it cannot be thrown out if it's done by executive order, if it's done by regulatory rules, um, if it's done by these power grabs. And the EPA has been one of the worst um, agencies as far as power grabs go. This was an agency that was absolutely not given all these various powers. That's something we hope hope the Supreme Court will actually roll back, uh, because the, one of the great gifts to the Democrats is that they will look at any agency and they will see how this agency can be used into a vehicle for 
um, seizing unlimited power, exercising control over everything. And they started with the EPA. It's supposed to have jurisdiction over the waters of the United States. You know, people are thinking, uh, there's pollutants in the water. You know, they're dumping toxic waste in the water. We'll have an agency that has jurisdiction over the waters of the United States. What is the EPA's take on what the waters of the United States are? Um, any water, any water in the United States is part of the waters of the United States. If you have puddles on your land, they're part of the waters of the United States. So uh, this is something where the left is very good at seizing every possible opportunity and people on the right are not. And we need to get better at that. That's true. And they don't just use the uh, the EPA. They use we, we know about them. They're using they're using the DOJ, the IRS and the uh, FBI. But they also use uh, the FCC. So anything with three letters and a Democrat in charge, you might want to uh, uh, be a little wary of if that's the case, I suppose. Right. <laughs> with yeah. Me is, uh, yeah, absolutely. With me is Daniel Greenfield. Uh, he's with Front Page Magazine. You can check out all of his articles there and also his website, danielgreenfield.com. You're listening to uh, Unleash the Political News Hour. I'm Chris Cordani, your host. This is the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. Let's let's consider this. Uh, uh, the, Joe Biden is trying to push these these uh, these re- regulations against gas stoves, against cars, making sure that the uh, World Economic Forum gets its dream that it's going to cut out a a large portion of cars from the road, which people don't seem to realize as well. The idea is not always to limit uh, to limit emissions or anything like that. It seems to me. They want to make sure less people can afford cars. Now, I know it sounds like a paranoid guy with a weird hat running around on my head with tin foil on it, but the fact is, this is the aim of uh, many in the World Economic Forum. They put it out there. Many want, Some of them wanted to see 75% of the cars in the world just uh, kind of, uh, I'm going to say disappear, but just cut down by 75%. Um, yeah, environmentalists are honest about this. Uh, right. All the green stuff, all the carbon offsets, none of that is remotely, uh, they admit any kind of solution. Uh, it's just an intermittent stage. They're going to price it up. They're going to give you the illusion that you can buy a Tesla and you'll be okay. You will not be okay. Uh, yeah, 50, for that matter, bucks, you know, right? it, it's unaffordable. Electric cars unaffordable. I think I estimated for um, 53% of the country, uh, just unaffordable period. They're not going to be able to afford them. Uh, if you go with the eliminate cars by 2035 number that a number of states have pursued, that the Biden administration has sorted with, that Canada and the European Union have gone with, uh, you simply wipe out more than half the population from being able to own a new car. We become like Cuba. Everybody's driving up these beat up 50s clunkers. But even beyond that, that is, as you correctly said, never the actual objective. The objective, this is just uh, intermittent stage. Intermittent stage is uh, they get you into the electric car. They're tracking their, since they're moving away from gasoline, they're going to track per mileage. And, you know, the recent uh, bill actually had that in there. They're going to explore the per mileage tax, which means they're going to track how far you drive. And of course, that is a perfect vehicle for the carbon footprint, at which point they start taxing you for, um, you know, you want to drive the car over to the grocery store. They're going to tax you for that. They're going to make everything more and more expensive. And then, of course, they uh, go to the next move, which is dumping the subsidies. This already happened partially in California, where they had all these extensive subsidies for solar rooftop panels. And people were going for them. Oh, this is great. It's good for the planet. And it's going to actually lower costs. Well, no, now they're dropping the subsidies. And suddenly people don't want the solar panels anymore. They're realizing how much this actually costs. So they drop the subsidies for the green energy cars, by the way, the electric cars also subsidized. Tesla doesn't actually make money from selling Teslas. It makes money from the equivalent of carbon credits that they have in California. 
which basically means that every company that isn't selling electric cars needs to pay Tesla. Effectively, Tesla is, has, technically has to pay Tesla money. So they drop those subsidies, suddenly all the green things that look like they might be marginally doable become absolutely impossible. The cars are no longer costing 55000 they're costing 125000 And then, you know, you can slice the onions some more from there. I mean, this is where they get their idea for 15-minute cities. Just ride your bike for 15 minutes. That's all you need to do to get anywhere you need to go. We'll keep you in your bubble. We'll tell you what's going on. And by the way, wouldn't it be nice to have less cars on the road? And if, if you can somehow afford a, uh, and just like you said, if you can somehow afford a, uh, a nice Tesla or, a, or an electric car that still costs a lot with those expensive batteries you might need to replace, hopefully they're not obsolete, you're going to be subject to the uh, road use tax, which is something else. And that ultimately is a way for the government to track everywhere you go. Exactly. And that's true. And uh, here's another one for you. And, and, and what's funny now is the Biden administration, like you just said a short while ago, has been pulling back on some of these ideas. Now, let's consider Biden's going to get his votes in the lefty paradises who love these rules like New York and New York City and California. But this is the kind of thing that will hurt him in swing states. That's why I see him backing off a little bit on this. But still, under underneath, beneath the headlines, trying to push some of these rules forward to do two things. To handcuff the next administration, whoever comes in, if it's an opposition, okay, if it's Trump or, or, or Kennedy by some long shot, as I said, anybody like that comes in, they can't easily undo these regulations. Everything's in... in in motion and it's going to hurt the economy which therefore makes the next administration look like it's hurting the economy even more thanks to biden uh trojan horses if you will am i am i far off here daniel no absolutely and it's also important to remember that biden only runs so much of the biden administration i don't want to get into the whole you know right. dementia senility whatever debate but the people he got are people who were for the most part not even his loyalists so much uh, there are people from a lot of left-wing think tanks. That's who's in charge of national defense, for example. And when it comes to the environmental uh, or the economic people, I those were Elizabeth Warren loyalists. Some of them were even Bernie Sanders people. And these are people who are coming out of left-wing think tanks in general. You know, they're not really working for Joe Biden. Uh, they're working for, uh, you know, the larger ideological agenda that is in there. And if Biden orders something, well, you know, they might play with it, but mostly they're going to do what they would do with a Republican, which is they're going to keep on moving forward uh, because they're not their team left wing. They're not team Joe Biden. That's right. They're, as I like to refer to them as the collective, because that's what they are. Mm -hmm. And they want to make us a full collective. With me is Daniel Greenfield. He writes for Front Page Magazine. That's frontpage.com. You can also find him on danielgreenfield.com. You can find all of his credentials there. Um, this is Unleash the Political News Hour, and you can check us out and pick up some cool stuff at the America Out Loud shop. That's americaoutloud.shop for the latest health resources and product innovations as well. They could very well enhance your life. You can use the code OUTLOUD when you use them to get special discounts for the America Out Loud family. Again, I'm Chris Cordani. We'll talk some more with Daniel Greenfield straight ahead on Unleash the Political News Hour. Expert opinions, honest debate, and in-depth investigations are what you've come to expect from AmericaOutloud.news. We don't shy away from speaking the truth boldly and plainly. All that's missing is the propaganda that has infected legacy and social media. 
Get the best of down and dirty, wholesome American speak. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Cholesterol, blood pressure, blood sugar, inflammation, and weight. These are all real-world problems that 87% of Americans are struggling with. Often, there are no symptoms, but left unattended, we become inundated with one health problem after another. It's time to fight back with Heal Right. Heal Right is a bar that you eat, but it's food as medicine that addresses the nutritional root cause of health issues in just eight weeks. Developed by world-renowned scientists and backed by 15 years of research, Heal Right is effective, but it's also delicious and works without additional diet or lifestyle changes. Step out of the statistics and use food as medicine. Visit HealRight.com slash OutLoud or AmericaOutloud.shop and use the code OUTLOUD for 20% off. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Back on Unleash the Political News Hour, I have with me Daniel Greenfield with Front Page Magazine. Daniel, you can find his uh, great stuff on uh, on danielgreenfield.com and, of course, Front Page Magazine. Daniel, I want to get to another article you uh, you wrote recently. It focuses on what's going on in Israel. Now, as we all know, there is a big there's a big war between Israel and Hamas, if you want to call it that. Israel is really running over Hamas at this point. But America and the West is insisting that no matter the outcome, if Netanyahu wins, right? If Netanyahu wins, they can, they'll say, okay, now you have to pull back and say, my bad, here's your land back. And for good measure, give back the West Bank. I heard just a little while ago, the State Department say, State Department spokesperson, Matthew Miller said that the Biden administration believes the Western settlements, the West Bank settlements in Samaria and, uh, and uh, Judea are illegal. I, I, this this is absolutely nuts. Uh, I want to get into uh, your thoughts on all of this. First off, Netanyahu would never be crazy enough to listen to the West or even s- s- buckle under the West pressure to give a lot of this land back to, uh, let's say, the potential terrorist groups, right? It's absolutely mad because the but the response in the Biden administration, like the Clinton administration, um, the Obama administration, it's always a two-state solution. What does a two-state solution mean? It doesn't mean making a deal with the people. It means making a deal with terrorist groups. Uh, the Palestinian Authority, which is basically the PLO, is now heading over to Moscow for a big unity talk with Islamic Jihad, with Hamas. Um, so you're dealing with terrorists. You're dealing with terrorists who are pretty openly dedicated to destroying Israel and killing all the Jews there. And by the way, making war on non-Muslims all over the world. They are part of this larger movement of waging jihad against the world. 
So giving them territory is obviously catastrophic for Israel. It's bad for anybody because uh, all these groups are interlinked. They are working together. And uh, in, re- in the response to October 7th, reaffirming the idea that the terrorists should have their own land, well, that is exactly what led to this disaster in the first place. Uh, Israel was convinced to, uh, to sign a peace treaty, um, the Oslo Accords, that would create a Palestinian state uh, that would, in theory, uh, should, you know, end the violence and usher in peace. The exact opposite happened. Not only was there not peace, but the violence increased catastrophically each time this was done. Uh, each time Israel listened to these people, the international community, the diplomats, the result was more terrorism. It's the only thing that's ever going to happen if you give terrorists more. The more you give them, the more they attack you. But Israel was faced with a situation where it is winning the military war, but it's losing the diplomatic war because the terrorists have a lot more backing. They have backing on the left. They have backing, obviously, from the larger Islamic sphere. And you have all these um, Arab Muslims living in Michigan who are coming out and saying, you know, we're not going to vote for Biden um, unless he pressures Israel to stop attacking Hamas. So Hamas is literally taking Biden hostage um, inside this country. Oh, and you and you hear it when you... Uh... You hear it and see it when you watch these press uh, conferences and you watch Biden, you watch uh, 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 the Biden officials. They're trying to dance around this whole uh, this whole Israel Hamas situation. Well, Israel has a right to defend itself. They give that uh, that lip service there, but they also well, but they have to pull back. They have to have a two state solution. We have to have this. I mean, I mean, look, I am tired of watching the constant coddling of terrorists, especially Hamas at this point by the uh, administration in lieu of a real administration. Yeah, it is absolutely outrageous. You know, a while back, the Biden administration insisted that Israel needs to bring in aid, and they promised up and down, you could see them saying this, they have the quotes, the aid will not fall into the hands of Hamas. Uh, we absolutely will not allow it. There will be consequences if it falls into the hands of Hamas. Fast forward now to the end of February, and the Biden administration is actually warning Israel not to attack the Hamas terrorists who are escorting the aid, that's their term, escorting the aid, because otherwise there will be anarchy and there won't be any law and order and everybody will just grab the aid who wants the aid because somehow it's better to have Hamas be in charge of the aid. Uh, This is the situation. They keep moving the goalposts. And think about this. Uh, Hamas already broke a treaty. They already said if there's another ceasefire, we're going to regroup and do what we did on October 7th. And, And still... Biden and most of the EU, the West, are just sitting there saying, well, we still have to have it this way because Israel is so horrible. And this is the narrative. Israel is the oppressor. Where were these people on October 7th? I mean, this would never have happened if the Hamas rats didn't come in and and start stabbing teenage teenagers, grandmas, grandpas, people who are working on farms. This is a joke. It's an obscene joke. And yet they keep insisting that we need to have a Palestinian state. Who exactly needs it? Who benefits? Who has ever benefited from it? Even the people living there themselves, the Arab Muslims and these areas, they have not benefited from it. Nothing good has happened to them. Nothing good has happened to anybody. A lot of people have died who did not need to die. Uh, the difference between the death toll and the conflict in the 80s and in the decades since is catastrophic. Uh, it's been terrorism, it's been misery, it's been bad for the world, it's been bad for the region, bad for Israel, bad for the Arab Muslims living there. And you no, know, they keep insisting we still have to keep doubling down on it. And we see this with so many policies where there's a complete disaster from it, yet they keep doubling and tripling down on it. Who needs a Palestinian state? Well, the very people who seem to be in the business of creating one, they seem to need one. That's right. And they seem to have, uh, they'll, it'll be a nice home for future terrorist organizations. There we go. Uh, seriously, though, how in the heck also can we trust and anybody trust the United Nations? Anybody's been paying attention for the last 70 years. OK, 
How can anybody trust the United Nations at this point? Looking at today, even uh, this, uh, the UNRWA, the relief organization, letting in Hamas terrorists, especially those who took part, uh, those uh, to, some of those who took part in the rampage on October 7th into this relief organization. I don't for a moment believe that these people uh, don't have the resources to vet who they bring in. Oh, they absolutely book. knew this. Yeah. There's zero question that they knew this, in fact, because we know in the past they've said, yes, we have Hamas members uh, in there, and they have a union, these workers who are on the ground. Most of UNRWA on the ground consists of these same um, you know, people uh, who are local, and they ha- their unions held elections, and those elections were won for the most part by Hamas. So they know this. They know this because their own workers are electing Hamas. They know this because they've said in the past that we view Hamas as a political organization. We do not view it as a problem that some of our employees are actually Hamas. And the reality is Hamas, like every other terrorist group, is not going to let them operate. It's not going to let anybody operate unless they hire their people and pay them money. That's how it works, whether it's Afghanistan and the Taliban. Uh, UN, by the way, was one of the biggest subsidizers of the Taliban because any UN humanitarian project they have to pay money to the Taliban and hire Taliban people. That's double the case now. This is the way it is across the world. Yep. They're absolutely how it works. Yeah, and then they, then when they're caught, they're like, "Oh, I didn't know that. Our bad. We'll we'll fix this." Uh, yeah, you're you're as well connected as anybody in the world. Okay, you know what you're doing. Uh, you you deliberately put these people in charge, and you um, and that tells the rest of the world, at least the ones the ones that are paying attention, that they really have little regard for what happens with Israel afterward. I have one more question for you, Daniel, and this is a tough one uh, because we saw how Donald Trump was, let's say, against the world, if you think about it. A lot of the things are thrown at him uh, as far as lawfare and and what we talked about earlier in uh, our conversation. But let's get to Benjamin Netanyahu. This is a man who has the entire international community up against him. He's trying to defend his own people. He's trying to... uh, send a message that you can't come into our territory and, and kill children and rape women and not uh, be answered, uh, not be answered to. And he's surrounded by potential enemies all over the place. I'm not saying Jordan's an enemy, but I'm saying there are terrorist groups that do kind of hang out around each of these uh, borders around, around Israel. So how resilient do you think Benjamin Netanyahu will be and the people? And of course the next person that, uh, that, eventually Netanyahu may have to hand the baton to in the future. How, how resilient will they be when it comes to keeping uh, defending Israel when there's so much pressure around them, both in their own region and from the international community? I hope it's going to be resilient. I hope whoever takes over is going to be resilient. A big part of what's going on now, which is really you did not see reported in the media, the media tells the story in terms of you know bombs falling on Gaza. Uh, these very people have been remarkably united in the face of the war, which is understandable because it's been their 911. It's been their uh, catastrophic experience. And when you look at the polls, there's a general unity that uh, the country needs to move forward, that the fighting needs to move forward. And it's been an incredible outpouring of support for the troops because you think about it, this is a small country, uh, 360,000 people who are mobilized, hundreds of thousands of families displaced. The country is really gathered around them. Uh, it's what you would see in the streets there is absolutely incredible. So there is unity. When there's national unity, there is some kind of hope. Uh, the big goal of Obama was to isolate Netanyahu to make it seem like any kind of pro-Israel effort was a Netanyahu effort. You see this from uh, the pro-Hamas politicians. Bernie Sanders keeps talking about Netanyahu's war on the Palestinian people. He never mentions Hamas. He never mentions Israel. That's strictly Netanyahu and the Palestinian people. The reality is the Israelis are very much united on board uh, in this. 
And hopefully that will give Netanyahu, whoever's in, in power, um, the determination, the backbone to finish the job. That's right. Thank you very much for your time, Daniel Greenfield. And again, if you're listening to Daniel and you're listening to me right now, the headlines are a distraction. What we see in the major news media is a distraction. There's a lot going on underneath the surface, and you can catch a lot of that with Daniel's work. Hold on a second. Somebody just called me. I forgot to turn my buzzer off. Okay. Hmm. There is a lot going on underneath. Take two. I'm going to say that one more time. If you want to find out what's going on under the radar, check out more of Daniel Greenfield's work. And again, Daniel, where can people find your, your articles and uh, maybe some more of your in-depth work? Well, I have my own blog at danielgreenfield.org and I have the honor to work for David Horowitz at the Freedom Center. And our site is frontpagemag.com. It was an honor to have you here with me. Thank you very much, Daniel Greenfield. Thank you. And let's face it, as you know, Israel is not just fighting Hamas right now. Yes, on the surface, they are. But recently, they had to bomb a Hezbollah site up in Lebanon because, hey, these guys are trying to come down through the north. And you have Iran trying to fight a proxy war against the U.S. through all of this. Israel is surrounded by potential enemies. Once Israel's out of the picture, the place becomes a free-for-all. And yes, a very expensive free-for-all for the U.S. as far as oil is concerned. And that's a also policy-based here as well. I, for one, though, am very tired, and doesn't matter where you stand on this, I'm very tired of Israel being portrayed as the oppressor in this Gaza war. I don't hear of anyone in the Strip really standing up to Hamas, the Gaza Strip, I mean, and Hamas controls that area. I do hear the West trying to cut Netanyahu's cojones off and telling the world it believes Jewish settlements in Judea and Samaria are illegal. This is part of the West Bank. Israel has has pretty much owned the West Bank since they took it over after they were attacked from all sides uh, many decades ago. But the um, America and the West, can, at least the U.S., the Biden administration, considers Jewish settlements in Judea and Samaria illegal. Again, this is after Mike Pompeo said it's uh, that that they have the right, the Jewish people have the right to settle in the homeland and to set up their villages and to set up uh, uh, whatever they'd like to set up because this is their their birthright. But our country, our so-called leadership, calls it illegal. And keep in mind, this is all while we allow unvetted, uncontrolled illegal immigrants to run around this country, commit crimes, and do whatever else they want willy-nilly. The funny thing, though, it took a reporter to bring this up to a startled State Department spokesman, Matthew Miller, recently. There's been, they did not denial that, uh, you know, that there's uh, illegal settlements, but there's a <coughs> Jerusalem Post article, February 24th, stating that the Biden administration has declared uh, Jewish settlements in Judea and Samaria is illegal. What is your response to previous Secretary of uh, State Mike Pompeo's comments, February 23rd, he made on Twitter? And I quote, Judea and Samaria are rightful parts of the Jewish homeland, and Israelis have a right to live there. President Biden's decision to overturn a policy and call Israeli settlements illegal will not further the cause of peace. It rewards Hamas for its brutal attacks on October 7th and punishes Israel instead. These Israeli communities, he said, are not standing in the way of peace. Militant Palestinian terrorism is in the follow-up. Well, I don't think you will be surprised to hear that I disagree with those comments. Um, and I should reiterate again that it has been the long-standing U.S. position across 
both Democratic and Republican administrations, not just the Biden administration, not just the Obama administration, but Republican administrations as well, that settlements are a barrier to peace, they're an obstacle to peace. We believe they weaken, not strengthen, Israel's security. Okay, if President Biden and Secretary Blinken uh, think if, if, they don't, if you don't agree that it's, it's illegal, if you, if you believe that it's a, a barrier, as you said, uh, to peace, um, so uh, what's your response for Israelis to live in their own land of Judea and Samaria, where, where is the justice, the question is, in allowing illegal immigrants coming across our southern border to settle wherever they want, causing havoc here in the United States, murdering our citizens, and robbing the American taxpayer. Well, I think, uh, uh, <laughs> I would say with respect to that, um, you have seen this administration put forward a deal to further secure the southern border. Uh, and unfortunately, Republicans in Congress have not taken it up. Thank Go you, ahead. Sir. Let's take a look beneath the headlines and what's happening on the surface. The U.S. and Western so-called leadership wants to derail and destroy Israel. It would not only destroy the Jewish state, but as I said just a few moments ago, it would leave the Middle East to become a free-for-all amongst oil-producing countries, all while the current administration has handcuffed our own production to force us into their mercy. It's a portion of the plan to destroy America and the free world, no doubt about it. The ultimate plan is to take down the U.S. and free nations around the world and lull them into Agenda 2030, their vision, its vision of a one-world government. I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. Watch what's happening. If it were not that, then we'd be working on helping other nations. See, that's the thing. If, we're, if, we, if it wasn't this, we'd be working on helping other nations become stronger rather than deliberately kneecapping ourselves. This goes for the, uh, the, the NATO nations, the EU as well. We're trying to make ourselves weaker, to, or, or let's say dumb us down. Why not? Our nation's been dumbed down over the last hundred years. Why not just keep dumbing our nation down to bring us to an equivalent of how badly things are around certain parts of the rest of the world? <laughs> what, what's, what's so difficult about propping up other countries without hurting ourselves? Well, apparently that's something that the free world does not want to do, or at least the people who are in charge of the free world does not want to do. This is why there's a right turn globally. This is why Argentina, after years of leftist rule, elected Javier Malay. This is why Italy has back and forth answered back to the EU. This is why Hungary answered back to the EU. This is why the U.S. population is looking back towards electing Donald Trump. If we want to help other nations get a leg up, that's fine, but we cannot destroy ourselves in the midst. And that's what we're doing. I, I want to segue to immigration as that reporter was discussing or juxtaposing the settlement issue with the illegal immigration issue here. If it's okay for us to have uh, this sort of thing happen, why not? Again, this is interestingly juxtaposed, but as we look at the real problems with immigration, we're seeing the crimes in these blue cities. We're seeing the sanctuary cities uh, trying to beg for more money and, and blame everybody else but themselves for the mass influx there. The fact is, blame your guy. Blame Joe Biden. It's his policies that, that brought them in, and it's, uh, it's, it's your policies or your predecessor's policies that made your cities uh, uh, sanctuary areas for illegals. Now, you're going to see a worse problem. The Gateway Pundit points out that a lot of these cities, and these laws vary, but they, a lot of these cities have something called squatter's rights, where you can 
sit in an, an abandoned building or hide out somewhere. And if you're there for long enough, all depends on where you are. But if you're there for long enough, a landlord or somebody else can't kick you out. You have an empty, an empty space, uh, an apartment you couldn't rent for a while. Somebody wants it. Well, if we have squatters there and have been there for a certain amount of time, even if they're illegal in some areas, well, forget it. Tough noogies for the landlord. They're going to have to allow the squatter to stay there, most likely at their expense, and not use the, that space to make money or at least uh, kind of raise other people's rents to make up for what you're losing. That's what's going to happen. Reading the article in the Gateway Pundit, a gentleman named Flash Shelton. I love that name. You can make a movie out of it. He could be the main character. He's the founder of the Handyman Association and SquatterHunters.com. Sheldon said, once illegal immigrants get wind of the rights they have as squatters, our squatter situation is going to go beyond control. It's not easy to get rid of them. Yes, he specializes in doing such, but it does take some time. There are, they're emboldened. People that are squatting right now are emboldened by local laws. Just wait until some, uh, a good number of illegals are hip to this jive. That's going to cause more problem. And we're going to see more Democrat mayors blaming everybody but themselves. Who pays for that? You, the American taxpayer. What we really need to do is spread the word. And yes, spread it hard, spread it loud. We are Unleash the Political News Hour on America Out Loud, the talk radio network, and AmericaOutloud.news. Get all the articles, podcasts, and pertinent news. Always the uncensored truth from a team of truth seekers. I'm on that team, and I'm glad to be here always put God and country first. I want to thank Daniel Greenfield for being my guest. Once again, find him on frontpage.com or danielgreenfield.com. I want to thank you for listening as well. This is Chris Cordani. Let's unleash the truth.